2: I'll free record on my count. 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, roll A, fade up on A.
0: southern miss to the, to the top you're tuned in to the eagle hour
3: all right let's go tuesday edition of the eagle hour of the super talk radio network bob getty kelly stanner we're at the southern bank Court studio here in hattiesburg luke out for a few days but we're glad you're with us opening segment of the show sponsored by dickie's barbecue pit proud supporters of the eagle hour proud supporters of southern miss athletics and a great place to take your family tonight for a wonderful barbecue dinner nobody does it better the dickies and we appreciate all they do for us again from the southern bank Core studio here in beautiful hattiesburg kelly sander i was at football practice this morning and i gotta tell you man the weather glorious the taste of a fall in the air high spirited up-tempo practice uh, you can
2: tell they came off a big win the guys are always excited to see, see uncle bob aren't they <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Practice. Bob. Oh, Mr. Bob. Mr. That's Bob. right. Yes, that's the boy. they great kid. So uh, and uh, yeah, it's a great practice. And you know, it's almost. And, and I know that you got this vibe too, because I, I would have felt the same way. They're almost a little upset that they don't get to play this Saturday. Yeah,
3: I, I heard that from some of them. They understand that it's a good time to kind of work on some things, but obviously a lot of momentum uh, coming out of the game uh, sa- Saturday night. So we talked to uh, Jairus Caston. Uh, Who was the leading receiver? He was the
2: man, and and it's real important that he has a good season so that so that town that Brownley, you know, Jason Brownley is able to to get open.
3: Every boss as well uh, we talked to, but before we get to that, there there was that I don't want to start out on a on a down note, but there was some bad news about a a kid that you and I both uh, think an awful lot of, and that's Swayze Buzz. But here, Kelly, first of all, is what Coach Hall had to say.
1: Yeah, so Swayze's going to be out for the year, okay. Yep, he had a, he had a tough deal for him. He's a young kid that does – always a young man that does everything right all the time. And like we talk about, you know, sometimes bad things happen to good people. We want to be there for him. He's a tremendous person. Uh, Ty's going to be, you know, day-to-day for a little while. We're, we're, we're checking him out and seeing kind of where he's going to be at. Uh, it, it depends on several things that I can't really comment on right
3: now. So the loss of Bozeman is significant. We're getting a little thin now, a little thin at
2: linebacker. But if if there was a position that the Eagles could afford to maybe lose a guy or two, it is the linebacker position. Now the two that have gone, Hayes Maples, the other one, of course, it was lost prior to the season. Those are two big hits. But but when Will Hall talked about, we've got more numbers now. You're going from the sixty, you know, whatever scholarships to the full load now. Uh, you've got more personnel. So. Two, at linebacker, may not be as tough as it would have been at other positions, but you certainly don't want to lose any more than that.
3: Still got a mighty good one uh, among several on the field. Avery Hobbes, a junior linebacker out of uh, Rice Lake, Lake, Wisconsin. Uh, He talked, Kelly, about uh, how big that game was uh, Saturday night and how they're looking forward to the rest of the season. Here's what that uh, youngster had to say. All right, uh, junior linebacker Avery Hobbes on the Eagle Hour. Avery, I want to take you back to Saturday night. Uh, sure. For a lot of us guys been around a long time, uh, w- w- it's hard to describe how good we felt for you guys, and uh, it seems like it was a turnaround moment for the program.
1: Yeah, I've been here for three years, and that was by far the biggest game I've been in and biggest win we've been a part of. So it's, uh, it was a lot of fun. I mean, it made, made the game a lot more fun and made waking up on Sunday morning fun, too, and coming in Monday and watching the film. Uh, just had to have a mindset of getting better, watching the film, see what we can do better this week in a bye week, and uh, going into the, uh, in the bye week and then next week of Troy, getting ready to go.
3: So talk about the difference in the defense as you see it from your position this year and what we saw last year.
1: Yeah, I think we have a lot more depth, definitely, uh, especially the D-line. Uh, we're banged up at middle linebacker right now, especially with Hayes going down in the summer and then Swayze just going down this past week. So we're kind of uh, slim in those areas, but I think the D-line has has a lot more depth and we got a lot more push up there. Mindset in the
3: second half in essence, you shut Tulane out. They scored a touchdown late that really didn't matter.
1: But what what sort of mindset did you guys come on the field with in the second half? Well, we knew uh, we wore them down in the first half. We knew that uh, they were tired, and uh, that's when we get going. We get going in the fourth quarter, and uh, we had a lot of games set up, and we knew they were in passing down. So uh, we had a lot of stunts going, and we got to the quarterback real good. And he's a great quarterback. Difficult to play against a guy with that talent level. Yeah, I got a lot of respect for him. Uh, great athlete, really good throwing the ball and also running the ball so just try to keep them contained in the pocket and uh, that's what we did with all of our stunts.
3: Talk about the atmosphere that was there Saturday night. Uh, from from a television viewpoint, it looked like as many Southern Miss people as two-line people.
1: Yeah, our fans were definitely outstanding. Um, a lot of fun coming out of that tunnel with everybody over us and uh, felt like a real college football game out there. And uh, after the game, it was amazing to have our fans excited for us and uh, you know ready to go for uh, conference play now.
3: All right, mindset moving forward. A week off and then you're into the uh, into the Sun Belt.
1: Yep. Yeah, big big week off. Uh, trying to get better at One thing this week, uh, get better at our craft and get ready for uh, the Sun Belt Conference. Uh, Got a long eight weeks coming up, but uh, we're ready for it. All right, your experience, you're a long way from home. What is life like for you right now here? yeah, life is good here. I love the South. Um, I guess she got married in the summer, so she's back up there, and uh, I'm down here working. So, uh, you know, we have our separate things, and, and she's doing good up there. I'm doing good down here. So uh, life is good down here, a lot of good friends, a lot of good people down here, and I'm really enjoying it. And a lot of optimism the rest of the year, am I right? Yes, sir. Yeah, we're, we're looking forward to it.
3: All right, Kelly, I, the word you used, uh, and he used, depth, that's a big difference, and the defensive Transfers that have come in at linebacker uh, in the defensive line—a huge step up for the team.
2: And you talk to the DBs and the linebackers, you know, uh, last week, you know, with the tip and the and the interception, the the pick six, all those guys credit the pressure that the defensive line has been able to exert on opposing quarterbacks. And as you mentioned in the interview with Avery Hobbs, the quarterback. At Tulane was a three-year a three-year guy, good good player, an excellent quarterback. So the fact that the, and and when Austin Alexander threw some uh, Austin Alexander um, the defensive coordinator um, Armstrong Ar- Ar- Armstrong, thank you, Austin Alexander is a local high school basketball coach. Uh, when Coach Armstrong was throwing these different uh, defensive fronts at him uh, that to confuse him, that talks about how uh, the, not only the depth in personnel, but the depth in the playbook defensively uh, would, had them confused, and you combine those two, and that's a pretty good pretty good recipe yeah. for success.
3: Uh, I'm fortunate, as you are. My job allows me to go to football practice uh, when I want to, and I have to tell you, it was a combination of the weather. That it was glorious outside. But, Kelly, this was a high-spirited practice today, a bunch of excited kids, a bunch of fired-up kids. I was talking to Mitchell Williams, mutual friend of ours, at one point they're like six of these, there's six gigantic kids standing in front of us. I'm talking big. He says that's the third string offensive line. He was pointing them out to me. every one of them were freshmen. They're building depth, quality depth on this football team.
2: And to go and to go to the significance of this win one more time, you don't win this game. you're sitting there one and three. Practice today would not have been as spirited as it was. They were probably, they would probably have been thinking this is really a good time to have a bye week so that we can reload to get ready for conference play. And your fan base would already be making plans to go to Destin probably in a couple of weeks. Right. Now that's all off the table, all hands on deck, full speed ahead. It's great to be an Eagle.
3: Yeah, you're right. A couple of days off for them uh, this week and uh, going to let them rest up and kind of heal up a little bit. He was referencing a coach in that interview a keys what, do you have any update on what what is it he's suffering
2: from? well he had a concussion uh, a couple of weeks ago and went through you know concussion protocol and I think against Tulane he only played maybe a play or two uh, the entire contest so maybe it was something that he was uncomfortable with uh, and again anytime you're dealing with specific health causes with uh, the HIPAA as the government calls it persons private uh, health situation; they can't talk a whole lot about it. But he's apparently not a hundred percent. And as Coach Hall mentioned, day to day.
3: So Swayze Bozeman out for the year. Outstanding player, outstanding kid, one of the leaders of the football team, and, and that's a loss. Uh.
2: And this is a guy that's that's been around like like Avery Hobbes has you know for a couple three years, uh, and a guy that's an emotional leader. uh Hayes Maples was another one of those guys. So as Avery talked about that particular position, they're they're. They're hurting right now, but uh, but the, it's another opportunity for another one of these youngsters to step up and, and get the right. job done, and and uh, probably not a situation that they would have liked to be in, but now here's their opportunity, and who knows? You know, a kid gets a chance to play, right. might wind up being a great player.
3: Right. Well, We're also going to bring in an interview we did with Jacarius Caston, who was the leading receiver of Saturday night, <laughs> and one of these kids, Kelly, when you meet him and talk to him, you instantly become a fan. A grin from ear to ear from the time he introduced himself to me to the time he left. I asked him on a scale of 1 to 10, how much fun are you having? And he said a
2: 1,000. So I think that's a pretty good indication that he's happy. Either that or he's not very good in math, Bob. I know <laughs> one of the two.
3: Curious casting later in the show. We're about uh, to check in uh, with Big Old Nation, Heath Hinton. Remind you real quickly about Bay Beignet. Great, delicious beignets. They cook them when you order them. They're on Hardy Street. They got great coffees, both cold and hot. And they got a special topping every month to enjoy on your beignets. Mobet beignet, tell them you heard about them on the Eagle Hour. We'll be back.
0: To the top, you're tuned in to the Eagle Hour.
3: All right, second segment of the Eagle Hour sponsored by Campus Bookmart and CampusBookmart.net on Hardy Street. Kathleen is the best, and she has the best selection of Southern Miss apparel you'll find anywhere. They're open seven days a week. Count them, seven days a week. You can shop online at CampusBookmart.net and have your merchandise delivered right to your front door. And uh, we hope that that's where you'll buy all of your Southern Miss swag at Campus Butmore.
2: I was actually at lunch today, Bob, and ran into Bobby Banks, who's a local insurance agent in Hattiesburg. Big fan of this program, uh, listens every day, and he said that he went in and saw Miss Kathleen uh, mm-hmm. to get some things, and uh, and he said uh, to Miss Kathleen, uh, "What do you what do you think of Kelly Sander?" And she had a great response. She said, "Why?" <laughs> yeah, that's what a lot of people say when you're thinking. Why, why are you bringing that? Name? <laughs> right. well, was,
3: they kind of take a step back. I've noticed sometimes. Uh, but but she had exactly odd.
2: exactly what he was looking for. And oh, you know, as you get into the Christmas season too, it's not oh, just yeah. about shirts and stuff. They got chip platters and and. Right. Just everything you can think of with a Southern Miss logo on it. If got it's it
3: possible to put a logo on it, they sell
2: it. <laughs> For sure. That's right.
3: Hey, Kelly and Michael will be down in Purvis tomorrow with the greatest baseball player in Purvis baseball history, Dakota, uh, as they uh, broadcast from Ramey Motors. That's actually, fun.
2: actually, Dakota's on vacation. Oh, no. Yeah, so Tony Purvis is going to be our host tomorrow.
3: All right, good deal. And then Friday, we'll be doing a two-hour Eagle Hour from Woolwine Ford up in Collins, uh, Kelly and I and uh, Michael will all be involved. We're going to take uh, Caleb Hamill with us up there, and uh, we're going to go to the Peanut Festival. It's going to
2: be fun. Well, that 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 does sound like like a good time. What about Super Intern? Is he going to
3: Super Intern will be with us as well. He'll be shelling the peanuts.
2: Okay, good. Uh, throughout yeah, throughout the sure. show. Yeah,
3: so uh, uh, Super Talk Eagle Hour two hours this Friday from Collins, Mississippi. Uh, We're going to be part of the Mississippi Peanut Festival, and uh, we're happy uh, to be a part of that. All right, Heath Hinton is the proprietor, owner, CEO, executive, head honcho. Big kahuna. Big kahuna. Got (laughs) got a a couple more. Oh, that's a couple more. We'll think of a couple more. Uh, Big Gold Nation and uh, His Majesty joins us. Head honcho? Did we Head honcho. We didn't say head honcho. Dishwasher and bottle cleaner. (laughs) Heath, how are you?
4: I'm good. I even clean toilets too. So there you go.
3: Yeah, that's what most uh, bosses actually do. All right. Well, I've talked to you since Saturday night. Uh, real quickly, put in perspective, it was just uh, a wonderful, sweet win for this football program. And in my humble view, is a sign of, of things are really starting to turn around.
4: Yeah, I mean, it was a win that not only for the football team, but just the Southern Miss fan base in general, a win against a team that. Came into the game 3-0, just defeated Kansas State, who, by the way, defeated Oklahoma Saturday. Um, it was a, a rivalry win. Bring the bell back to Hattiesburg. I mean, it was just a, one of those games to where it was needed. And Coach Holly talked about that before, where they just needed to get over that hump. You know, he talked about you lose you lose big, you lose small. You win small, you win big. That's the way it works. And look, they're getting there. The momentum's going now. And it was just, uh, it was fun to watch, fun to see the Southernness fans there. And man, it's, it, it was much needed. This fan base needed that win.
2: All right, so Heath, and the team too. So with the injury now to Swayze Bozeman who has been declared out for the season, you, you follow the depth charts closer than than anybody that we know. So going into the Troy game, who are your who would are the projected starters and how will the loss of Bozeman impact uh the linebacking court in particular? Your thoughts?
4: To be honest with you, I thought the defense played superb in the second half and you look who's out there, it was uh Santra Latham, uh, Gill, T.Q. Newsome. I mean, these were guys that played outstanding in the second half. That defense was good. I don't think you're going to see a drop-off. I think Coach Hall and them did a great job in the offseason of bringing guys in, creating some depth there, creating some depth on the defensive line, that front seven, who so I thought it was fantastic in the second half of that game. I don't think you see a drop-off. I think they're fine there. I think maybe a hobbyist could move in and help back there too. So I, I, I think personally they're they're gonna be fine at that position going forward. And it's because of the depth they've created there.
2: Now on the defensive line, uh, where a lot of the SEC guys came in, you're getting some immediate help right away. Yeah, Quentin Divins was a monster. Yeah, he played well, didn't he? He was a monster.
4: Oh man, he was uh in the second, I, I would say eight minutes in the first, on the second quarter, always the, the second half, he was in the backfield, uh, had that penalty there when he got uh, when he got a sack. But that's just one of those things where you go tackle somebody and they turn a certain way, you horse collar somebody. Yeah, you can't really blame him for that. Um, but man, he was a monster in the middle. Williams was a monster. I mean, I mean those guys were. If you watch the second half, they they pretty much. They took care of that line of scrimmage, and uh, the depth on defensive line was showing by leaps and
1: bounds.
3: Yeah, and if you see these guys in practice, they're big. I mean, there there is some size and some some strength and some weight and some height on this team. Uh, Heath uh, Mitchell Williams was showing me a group of uh, six kids that were standing in front of us at one point, and these kids were huge. And he pointed out that all five were freshman, third-string offensive linemen. So the depth begins to really jump out at you when you see them up close.
4: Yeah, and the thing is about the defensive line, they've got seven or eight guys, 300-plus, that can pay, play those three positions that they kind of base their three-man defensive line. And you're right on the offense. Even the commentators on ESPN Plus the other night, we're talking about how big the Southern Miss offensive line was and let's just be honest the play from last season to this season it's not even close how much better it's been
3: night and day
4: um night and day and it's because of the recruiting and what they've done bringing in coach Kinn, coach offensive line it's just been i mean the depth it's it's been it's been quite Fun to watch the depth of this team, and even a freshman quarterback doing what he's doing now. Um, You can see this team just growing every game. Every game they're getting better. Uh,
3: So, is is an off week, in your judgment, a good or bad thing right now?
4: Oh man, that's tough. Uh, You know, you kind of want to take momentum's a thing. You want to take it into the next game. But that being said, you can take this game. You can. You know you're good enough to win now. You know you're good enough to beat these type of teams. So you take, you look at it as I interviewed uh, Zach Wilkie today. He told me that each player is going to their position coach and telling the position coach, hey, this is what I'm doing wrong. This is what I need help with. That's what they're doing in this off week. And I think maybe that's going to help them going forward, especially going into Sunbelt play. You know, having that week off may be a good thing to get people healthy, Maybe you get some guys back that are injured. We'll see. Uh, and going to that game is pretty much fully stopped as you can. It may be a good thing, but sometimes you really want to take that momentum in the next week.
3: All right. Well, nothing you can do about it either way. Kelly Center, then and then Heath can answer this. Uh, a month into the season, though, your evaluation of the Sun Belt.
2: Wow, that's that's a tough one. I I think as a league. It is stronger than I thought it was going to be. When you break the teams down individually, I was so way off as to who was going to be good and who was going to be bad. For example, in the East, I, I as it's been documented on this show, I was really high on Georgia State. I was buying Georgia State before the season. Now they're 0-4 and, and a dumpster fire. I w- wasn't sold on James Madison, you know, coming up from, from the, the smaller level now to, to Division 1, so to speak. Uh, Everybody thought that Louisiana was going to be the runaway winner in the West. Well, they they went up to Monroe, a team that was projected to finish dead last, and lost. South Alabama was projected to be a middle-to-upper-middle finisher. South Alabama and Troy now seem to be... The teams to beat, if if you don't include Southern Miss, so every game is going to be big. But this one coming up with Troy is really going to be a great barometer for where the Eagles stack up in the West, because the East really doesn't matter, right? It comes down to the West.
3: All right, Heath, one minute left in this segment. Your observation?
4: I think the Sun Belt, fun Conference. I think they're a deep conference. I think there's a lot of parity. I think that's exciting. I think you see the teams that people finish the bottom. You know they're. They're beating the teams that people thought were going to finish at the top, like ULM beating a, a Lafayette, a Louisiana Lafayette. I still call it Ooh La La. I can't help it. But one else thing I'm looking at is going forward, even after this season, once those schools leave the AAC, they're there right now, and those Conference USA schools go up there, the Sundown going to be the best Group of Five conference in the country, and it's not even going to be any close. It's not even going to be close.
3: All right, we're talking. That's Heath- how
4: much fun the Sun Belt is. The Sun Belt is fun, and they call it the Sun Belt for a reason. And I think we're seeing why.
3: All right, Heath and Big Old Nation with us. Uh, we're going to keep him over for the next segment. We're going to hear from Shakarius Kasten uh, when the next segment rolls around as well. Want to remind you though about the Super Talk Eagle Hour podcast. You can hear it all the time. Apple Podcasts, Audible, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn. Or you could just tell Alexa to play the Super Talk Eagle Hour. We're glad you're with us this afternoon. More Southern Miss Sports Talk on the other side of this break. Please don't go anywhere.
0: Southern Miss to the top.
3: Fourth Street Bar Grill, that's a great place to enjoy lunch uh, five days a week, just $9.95 for what I call a hungry man lunch. Uh, Plenty of food, and the food's always good. That includes your drink and your taxes, just $9.95. Great sandwiches throughout the day and evening, and always the big game on the TV at Fourth Street Bar Grill right in the shadow of the rock. And uh, we thank them. Uh, they've been with the Eagle Hour for a very long time, and uh, we're grateful uh, to them
2: for that. And unlike Yuleman Stadium, they didn't run out of $3 beer. Probably at, not. At four Street. No, no. probably not. Uh,
3: before we uh, move on and, and hear from uh, Jacarius Kasten, uh interested to hear what you two guys think about the, about the New Orleans Saints. I mean, uh, you know, the Saints here are struggling. They're one and two, and uh, – you know, you you wonder if it's if it's the absence of Sean Payton. I mean, certainly that's got to be part of it. The Drew Brees, I don't think his last year was really that great a quarterback. I, th- I think you know he had kind of played out his career. But uh, what's the story there, Kelly Center? Are they going to get better, or is this just going to be a really big disappointment?
2: Uh, that that is the sixty four thousand dollars question, Bob. Because they're they're not just off; they stink. I mean, they're they're they are not good. And I personally have never really been sold on Jameis Winston as a quarterback that can take you to the promised land. I think he's serviceable, but I don't. I don't think he's. I don't think he's that guy. Um, but I don't think Andy Dalton is, you know, either. So I think the Saints have got some real answers that they've got to get fixed. Quickly, because you know you go back to the Falcons game. They were lucky to win that game. Right, they could be zero and three. Yes, and very close to being zero and three. And Carolina is is not projected to be one of the upper tier teams. They had
3: lost nine straight games,
2: and and they got annihilated by the Panthers. So there, things we'll we'll find out from Patrick McGee a little bit later in the week. But right now, it's it's not yeah. looking good for the Saints.
3: Well, that's a great segue. Patrick will be on the show tomorrow, and uh, he'll have uh, the latest information, of course on the New Orleans Saints. Your thoughts, Ace? I,
4: I think it's Pete Carmichael. I think he's a terrible play caller. I mean, you watch some of the plays they call, it's like um, they're running stretch plays to the boundary side where the defense is overloaded over there. They just, it, it, some of the stuff they do makes no sense. Um, they don't look sharp on offense. They get to the fourth quarter and they start scoring points because they're spread it out. You got four really good receivers. Take advantage of it during the game. Um, offensive lines, I blocking them well. I, I, you know, Dennis Allen, I hate to say it. He didn't do well in his last head coach's stint. Turning around going the same way here. Um, you know, just, there's nothing, there's no, no, Looks like uninspired football. They just, they're a bad football team. Mm-hmm. I turned it off at halftime. I was tired of watching it. Yeah. Well,
2: there's a lot of parody in the NFL. I think. Die hard. Oh, only two teams undefeated. You know, the Eagles, I think, and. Uh Miami. The Eagles,
3: I hate to say it, they look pretty good. I yeah. hate the Philadelphia Eagles. I don't
4: hate to say it because Quinn's Watkins be looking
3: yeah, pretty good these I days. I hate to say it. <laughs> I don't care who's on the team. They're the Philadelphia Eagles. They've got the nastiest fans on the planet. I'll tell you who is playing well. That's Cast Caston. Boy, he had a big night uh, against Tulane. Led the team in catches, reception yards, total yards. A kid out of Natchez, Mississippi and a kid that uh, had a big, big smile on his face today. Here's a uh, our conversation and how that went with Dakarius uh, Caston. All right, Jackson, Caston, uh, Natchez, Mississippi, junior, and the leading receiver uh, Friday night or Saturday night. Let's let's go over these stats. Thirty-seven yard touchdown pass, third quarter, eight receptions, ninety-one yards. You led the team in receiving. You led the team in all-purpose yards. We hear the expression "in the zone." Were you in the zone Saturday? Yes, sir.
0: Like going into the game, we knew it was going to be a big game. And, like, from the warm-ups, of how we uh, get ready to foot a game, like prep game inside the locker room just helped me get better and really just focus on going out there and focus on the plays we got and execute the plays and run.
3: All right, I want you to take me back to that uh, touchdown pass. That was big, big, big. Uh, describe it for us. Uh, we knew – well, I knew the, the corner of me, once
0: he triggered in, sometimes I knew he was going to blitz, so I knew I was going to be able to get behind him and able to catch the ball and score it. So right. I kind of knew what was going to happen before it happened.
3: Is that the kind of thing as a kid you dream of, those kind of plays right there?
0: Yes, sir. them plays and even bigger plays. Yeah. Like even like blocking for the next man to score, even plays like that, just big plays in the moment. Cause like this touchdown right there really put us to tie the game. And before that, I dropped the pass that could have gotten the first down to score before we went into half. So that was a big momentum play for us coming
3: out of half. I heard one of your teammates after the game say that uh, that the mindset was that this didn't have anything to do with Tulane. This was about Southern Miss, and it was Southern Miss's time. What was the mindset of you and your teammates when you went into? The- that game saturday night uh our mindset was like get the signal and do your job
0: so like as long as we do our job we can help us win just do your job get the signal and win all uh, right did you have trouble going to sleep saturday night after uh, leading the team in such a huge game uh, no so i really i kind of stayed up elite like i wasn't even tired after like when you get a win it's, it's a different feeling like i probably didn't go to sleep till like two o'clock
3: Pretty good drive back from New Orleans, a lot of fun on the bus. Yes, sir, and it was,
0: like, pretty quick. It was real quick. It felt like it was just an hour.
3: Talk about the fans that were there Saturday night, the atmosphere and, and the support you guys had. I think we had
0: more fans than Tulane had, really. Like, it was super loud. It was loud for us to say we was on the
3: road. It felt like a home game how many, how many fans we had. Okay, so now you have a week off, and then you start uh, Sun Belt play. Uh, mindset of the football team as you get ready to take on Troy, and and a whole new uh, a whole new string of teams that you're going to play this year.
0: Yes, sir. So the mindset is we going to keep on like keep with is. Get the signal and do your job. As long as we do our job, we know we can take care of us and not worry about what other people have going on. Just do your job and get the signal. All right, scale of 1 to 10, how much fun are you having? Uh, It's like a 1,000. We're having some. It's going to get better. It's going to get real fun.
3: You know, you just (laughs) – I don't want to beat it that horse, but you just can't talk to these kids that you don't walk away, Kelly, with a smile on their face.
2: Well, the key word there, Bob, is kids yeah they're kids they're, they're having fun when when you look at these guys and they're six two with about five percent body fat and two hundred pounds you're going that's no kid, but, but they are yeah they are they are and and they're enjoying you know what the, it's not a business yet, mm-hmm. like it will be when they're in the n f l but and and I think that's the the allure of college football is that guys are still pretty much right. doing it for the love of the game. And,
3: and I know that when you've been out there, they've, they've done the same with you, but you, you picked up on something, I'm sure, in that interview. Everything is yes, sir, no, sir, yes, sir, no, sir. They're polite. Uh, the, these coaches are, are working with these young men to teach them how to conduct themselves off the field as well as on the field.
2: And this is a radio show, right? So they can't right. see our faces, but they know who you are. When when you yeah, go to practice, they, they do,
3: yeah, yeah
2: and it's and pretty they odd, but they do, and they yeah, know who a, I am. You know, they'll right. say, "Who's the guy that looks like Zach Efron over there?" <laughs> Heathen, I, I
3: I tell you what, man. The more I'm around these uh, football players, I fall in love with these kids. This is a this is a great culture that Will Hall has built, and these are really quality kids. I was reminded when I was at practice today, Heath, all of those guys out on the field, not one single player with an academic issue.
4: No, there, there's a, there's a, uh, there's, what Will Hall and them are doing is a culture issue. It's a deal where you bring in kids that, one, you know what type of kid they're gonna be by recruiting them. And you don't, you may not recruit a kid that's a better player because he has attitude issues or he has discipline issues. They don't do that. They bring kids in that are, uh, that are very, very polite, very humble young men. Anytime I talk to them on the telephone or, uh, as I said, I talked to Zach Wilkie today and he was yes, sir, no, sir. Uh, just, just very humble, very nice young men who uh, go about their business. And and that's an emphasis that coach Hall made when he came here. I don't know if y'all remember that he made an emphasis on that. And, uh, you can tell, you can tell now. And, uh, It's great talking to them. You learn a lot about a young man when you talk to them by the way they answer questions and the way they do things. And these guys, they're fun. They're happy. They have a little bit of attitude, but not in a bad way. So, uh, they're great. They're great young men. I and, like. Deal, I like dealing with
2: them. And might I suggest that a lot of that has to do with the fact that seventy-five percent of the team or more are from the state of Mississippi. That's exactly right. You know, and a lot. Of, that's just the way we do things in Mississippi. And I know that people uh, around other parts of the country like to make fun of us as Mississippians. Uh, but when you stop and think about it, that is what we love about ourselves: is that there's still. We're still old-fashioned enough where we respect our elders and, and treat each other nicely. That's exactly right.
4: And most of them, you tell them they're in trouble, and you go, I'm going to call Mama or Daddy,
3: oh,
2: and they yeah. want to
4: straighten up real quick. <laughs> I can promise you that.
3: All right, Heath, how do people join Big Gold Nation?
4: Uh, go to southernmiss.rivals.com. Uh, Google Big Gold Nation. Come join us. we got an interview with uh, winning quarterback Zach Wilkie. So an interview talks about the end of the game. He has a fun reply to that. So, uh, talks about Touch Hall, too. Very interesting interview. So, uh, come over and join us. $89 a month or $100 for the year.
3: All right. Heathen, everybody, the big kahuna, the major guru, the CEO, and he said the toilet cleaner, and chief cook and bottle washer. Yes, a big gold nation. Check them out today. Kelly and I'll be back. going to wrap up this Tuesday edition of the Eagle Hour. From the Southern Bank Corp. Studio in Hattiesburg, right after this.
0: To the Eagle Hour, the Eagle Hour, Southern Miss to the top.
3: All right, I want to thank Heath Hint from Big Old Nation uh, joining us, sharing his thoughts about uh, the two lane game and other stuff associated with Southern Miss football. This segment sponsored by D One and D Bat, state of the art training facility right there on Hardy Street. Uh, children, uh, softball, baseball, D Bat has everything you need to help your child be the best they can be, and for you adult athletes, uh, D One training. Provides that uh, for athletes of every sport. I can assure you they have a plan for you and a great pro shop uh, with the holidays just approaching. All right, when we left the last segment, we went out by a, a Tom Petty tune, and you told me a great story about Tom Petty here in the Pine Belt. Let me let me get you to repeat that.
2: Yeah, God rest his soul. I guess he's been gone about three years now. But when you were up in the Delta, Bob, and I was uh, at Channel 7 here in Hattiesburg, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, they had just performed in Memphis and they were performing in Gulfport the next night. So they were traveling via limousine. The guys in the band were traveling via limousine and obviously were coming through Hattiesburg. They had gotten on 49 South where the old Beverly Drive-In used to be. There's a gas station there and there was, they stopped to get gas for the limo, got out, stretched their legs, whatever. Well, there's a, a young man, you know, mid-teens, was going to Gulfport hitchhiking and Tom Petty said, yeah, well, we're going, you just go with us. Well, this kid didn't know who who Tom Petty was, so he gets in the car with him and is hanging out with the band, and they get traveling down 49. Well, it's not long after that that that, uh, police are pulling up behind the limo with blue lights flashing and the whole bit. Well, come to find out, the young man, Tom Petty, got out and said, what's the problem? And uh, they said that the kid that you got in there is a fugitive from the ju- the Forest County Juvenile Detention Center. <laughs> so here, Tom Petty's just trying to be a nice guy, and he was harboring a fugitive. So WLOX and Wdam, uh, their headlines that night, so to speak, was Tom Petty and the Jailbreaker. You know, <laughs> so that's a good story. Huh? You know, you know, we were talking about we were talking with Heath Hinton about Quentin Bivens, and there's a guy from Waynesboro, you know, went to Ole Miss. Wasn't going to get to play, went through the transfer portal, comes to Southern Miss now, and is just becoming a beast right before our very eyes. Where I'm going with this is, and I mentioned this to Will Hall yesterday, you know, and he said, well, we'll wait and see. But I really think the transfer portal is going to be the great equalizer that a Kansas State can go into Oklahoma and win, Middle Tennessee can go to Miami and win, Texas Tech, you know, can beat a Texas. And it's because these, I think these football players in particular are getting the idea that they should not be allured by the grandeur of just, for example, the SEC. You need to go to a school where you can play. Because the NFL scouts, I don't care how good you are, if you're not playing for the team that you're on, they're not going to see you. All right, so when you look at, at Griff, you know at, at the, the Eagle players and how they're doing now, Quentin Bivens, as, as we mentioned, now... NFL scouts are looking at this guy. He's getting some attention. Where at Ole Miss, in his particular example, he would have been collecting dust. Right.
3: I think we had him and most of those kids that transferred from SEC schools on the show when that happened. I don't think looking, but I think we all thought here. Well, this is a real positive. But I got to tell you, Kelly, I, I think they're they're playing triple dividends when you have seven defensive linemen that you can rotate in throughout the game. You saw the difference in. The effectiveness they had against Tulane late in the game, as compared to early in the game, when the Tulane offensive line was a bit worn down, but there was there was so much depth on the Southern Miss defensive line that they they kept rotating fresh bodies in. It made a difference.
2: And as you as Avery Hobbs mentioned in your interview with him, he said we sensed that we were wearing their tails out. Right, You know, by keeping fresh guys. Armandus Cooley another guy that's getting an opportunity to play. Jalen Williams, who's from Tylertown, comes by way of Arkansas. These are all guys now that are in the lineup. So NFL scouts can see these guys and they can market themselves as NFL players. I really think that this is going to bring parity as much other than Alabama, probably, is going to bring as much parity to college football in the years to come as anything we could have possibly imagined.
3: Well, because you're going to have a, a new – these guys are examples of that. You're going to have a new crop of players who are recruited by the Power 5 schools, but for whatever reason, they leave unhappy there, and they go to smaller schools. They're still very good athletes, so they never would have been recruited by the Power 5 school, and they have an opportunity to blossom. But,
2: but Yeah, but if you can't play – if you can't get on the field. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. They're given an
3: opportunity
2: to showcase their skills and to blossom here. And I, and I think that is what, if, if I'm a high school athlete now, that's what I really think you need to consider. Regardless of where you decide to go, where can I go and play? Mm-hmm. If my goal is to play Major League Baseball or the National Football League or the NBA, I want to go to a college program where I can play now, right. as opposed to waiting my junior or senior year to play at say a big SEC or Big Twelve school. Because then, then you get your turn as a junior or senior, and what happens? You break a leg, yeah. You break yeah. an ankle, and you're done. Yeah. You got no shot. Well, you know what else sports. that
3: creates too? Is it creates happy young men? All of those kids you mentioned, they're happy to be here. You can see it in practice today, man. This is an upbeat group and uh it's just good right now, Kelly.
2: Well, and they know that that you that you've got some money too, Bob, so they don't want to make you mad. You know, there's <laughs> yeah. so
3: there's... I think that was on all their minds when I was out there. <laughs> yeah. All right, that wraps it up today. I want to thank Heath Hitton. I wanna thank uh, Jack Duggan, Coach Hall for giving us such access to the football team the way they do. We really appreciate it. And maybe those.
2: Patrick McGee can tell us tomorrow what's wrong with the Saints. That's tomorrow at 1 o'clock. Until then, Southern Miss. To the top. Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. I want to fly like an eagle.